You're listening to the Journeys of Scientists podcast put on by MSU WAMPS. These are casual conversations with graduate students in a variety of fields to learn about their experiences, research, and what brought them to where they are today. To keep up to date with future WAMPS events, be sure to check out our website at WAMPS.org and follow us on social media. We are MSU WAMPS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On this episode, we are joined by Danica Van Neel. She is a fourth-year math PhD student studying equivariant homotopy theory. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Danica. Could you briefly introduce yourself? Was your area of study here at MSU? Hello, I'm Danica oh. Van Neel. Uh, she, her pronouns. I'm fourth year student, I guess going into my fifth year of the math program, math PhD program here at MSU. Okay. And what are you studying in, in, within math? Oh, right. So um, I would say in general, so like if I was talking to a mathematician that was not in my field of study, I would say that I'm under that, like I'm in algebraic topology. And then, but then specifically inside of that, I am in an area called equivariant homotopy theory. Okay. So I'm going to ask very, very dumb questions here. Well, I'm sure so, they're not dumb. <laughs> so algebraic topography, like I can, I understand, like, I think what topography is like, I can think of like maps of like, here's three dimensional sort of, you know, levels of, of gradients or whatnot. Um, yeah. So topology and topography both have like the Greek root topo, which I think means like places. So they are closely related. Um, topography, I think is like maps and stuff, but topology is also about like spaces and things, but it can be in like many different dimensions. Um, but I don't really ever think about spaces, to be honest. Uh, to me, the area that I work in specifically is like this perfect combination of my two favorite areas of math, like uh, topology and algebra. Loosely, I think about topological problems, but I use algebraic tools to solve them. Um, for example, my advisor, Tina Gearhart, uh, she definitely said it best, and I hope to steal this for the rest of my career. She said that topologists think of me as an algebraist, and algebraists think of me as a topologist. So I'm sort of nicely in the middle of those two things. Very nice. Now, is a lot of like your work programming, working out algebraic thing, making pretty pictures, all of the above, none of the above? Yeah, certain things. So I don't really do coding, uh, but, and I also don't really draw pictures. I have diagrams, I guess, but they're not, they're certainly not pretty pictures. <laughs> not like um, uh, other topologists. They often have lots of nice stuff to draw, but not me. Uh, but I do like do a lot of algebra in my daily life. Okay. Is it all very much in like a theoretical sort of space or are there like applications that you apply this in? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. So it is very, very theoretical, very quote unquote pure. Like um, I would do a lot of stuff in what's called category theory, which is about as abstract as you can get um, big picture in terms of like areas of math, if the picture is areas of math. Um, 
There is something called K-theory, which is famously hard to compute, but is extremely helpful. So like in all these different areas of math, there are these open problems that people would like to solve Mm -hmm. um, and nicely enough can be written equivalently as like computations of this so-called K-theory. And then if you zoom in a little bit into more algebraic topology, there's something called THH, which is one of the ways that we can approximate K-theory. And then if you zoom in a little bit more in sense of the areas of math, um, we can generalize THH in equivariant homotopy theory. Um, And so some of my work is computing some examples of this generalized THH. So, yeah, I don't know if that was enlightening or more confusing, but (laughs) a lot of letters. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, I'm in in physics, so I always like struggle with like the theoretical sort of side of things. I'm like, I can't picture, like, what is this? What is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not, um, at least I have not found a nice uh, elevator pitch um, for this to to people who are not in math. Yeah. How much, um, so I say, you said like a lot of your work is just like a lot of like algebra or algebraic sort of like stuff like that. Like how much of that is actually like you're writing things down on like a piece of paper or is it like more, is it like beyond that and like some other, I'm just like trying to imagine like, what does your typical day look like? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, my only, the closest I ever get to coding is LaTeX. I, it's just like a nice way to write up stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure you probably use that in physics as well. But um, so I do a lot of writing in there, writing up my work in there, like trying to get the diagrams right in LaTeX. Um, I do a lot, a lot of reading of other people's papers and books, like what were, what were the classical ways of doing things? And can I somehow think of an equivariant way, like an equivariant analog to this? Um, I do do a lot of writing, even if it's just like writing out like literally the thoughts that are in my head um, or like trying to draw pictures, trying to solve things, compute things. Cause at least for me, like sometimes it gets so complicated. It's hard to keep it all straight in my head. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a lot of writing, which is nice. A lot of writing, a lot of reading, which is nice in the sense that I could do it anywhere, anytime, Mm -hmm. but also that's sort of a blessing and a curse of math. I feel is that you can do it anywhere, anytime. So you almost feel like you'd have to do it anywhere, anytime, but yeah, a lot of writing. Yeah. So like, do you work in like a larger group, a smaller group? Yeah. So uh, most of my work is done alone. Like I, like Mm -hmm. I work by myself, but, um, thankfully my advisor, she has one other student, Chloe Lewis, who we've already interviewed. Mm -hmm. Um, her and I bounce ideas off of each other because we're in the sort, we're in the same realm, but we're of course, um, you know, making our theses and different things. We can bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, thankfully, uh, through one of my advisor's grants, I have another, um, mentor, Mike Hill out in UCLA. And so um, every couple of months we meet and I bounce ideas off of him or like see if he has any ideas or if he thinks something seems right. Um, And of course I meet with my advisor, but my advisor is getting more and more students. So I'm hoping 
that uh, that we will have a little bit of a bigger group. But really, yeah. my advisor is the only one who does equivariant homotopy theory here yeah. at MSU. How do you like check your work? I just think every time I do algebra, like I I drop a minus sign. Like, how do you know that you did just like <laughs> yeah. do something as silly as that? Yeah. So there is a lot of um, a lot of checking, and so that's that's oftentimes what I'm doing when I'm meeting with these other people and bouncing ideas off of them. Is like, does this seem like the correct thing? Like, did I miss something? Did I miss? So instead of like a sign, there might be an action of a sign. So like, it's like maybe I forgot that, oh, this group has an action where when I act on it, it negates itself. So then, and if I miss out on that, like there's a lot of stuff could be wrong. Or um, oftentimes we talk about like, so a lot of what I do is I think about classical things in algebra and I try to bring those things over into equivariant land is what I normally refer to it as. Like, like what's the correct equivariant analog for this? And I say correct one because there could be multiples, right? So there's like a lot of different options that you could choose from oftentimes. And so a lot of my work is parsing out, like what is the right way to think about this thing? And there's not really like there's certainly wrong answers, right? But there could be multiple correct answers from my point of view. And so that's why it's helpful to talk to experts and other people who are in the field to like see if they think, because they have like so much more experience and they, they, they've seen more of the picture than I have. So they might be able to see immediately like, oh, no, 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 that's not the right one. This is the right one though, or something like that. Yeah, very very interesting. Sounds. I don't know if that made sense. But. Yeah, no, uh, no, it, it does. It's just, it just seems very stressful <laughs> to me. I just think of all I the mistakes it. I, I ever make. Yeah, I make a lot of mistakes. A lot, a lot of mistakes. Every, uh, every once in a while, I go into my advisor and she proves me wrong. So I have to delete a few pages of my th- thesis. But, uh, but it's, but it's good though because I, I'd like to be correct. You know, mm-hmm. so like deleting those few pages. And then I sort of have this like new thing to build off on. Okay. That wasn't the right thing, but like, what was the right thing and how can I get there and so on and so forth. Do you get a right, like QED at the end of it and be like, yes, I did it. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it's, I'm, I'm defining definitions, but Mm. like, is this the right definition or not? Um, But sometimes there are proofs. Yeah. Which is nice. Getting that little box at the end. Yeah. What was the last time you actually used a number? Okay, well, I do I do use numbers, which is nice. Okay. Um, I I think about negative one and one a lot. Like so a lot of times, I'm multiplying by negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Very but, nice. Um, you ever take a square root of that negative one? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I don't. But but I I do do some stuff with complex numbers, but um. No, I'm often not like, uh, not in the sense of like calculus. I mean, when I'm teaching, of course I do a lot of that, but but yeah, not really so much in my research. Do you teach currently as a grad student? Um, I taught this spring. Yes. Uh, I am not teaching this summer because, um, thankfully my advisor was able to fund me, uh, for the summer, but what did you teach? Uh, I taught uh, Math 124, 
which is basically Calc 1 for students who maybe don't want to take Calc 2 or don't need to take Calc 2. I think they call it Survey of Calculus. In my undergrad, they would have called it like Calc for Business or Calc for Natural Sciences. Okay. Very nice. So kind of like going back farther in time, then like where did you do your undergrad and did you start off as a math major? Yeah. So I, um, uh, so I was at Syracuse university in upstate New York. That's where I'm from is upstate New York. Um, so I went to Syracuse and I knew I really liked math and I knew I really liked physics, but I didn't know which one I liked more. I thought I liked math more, but I was like, I've been doing math since kindergarten. And I just tried physics like this year, my senior year. So I went in majoring, double majoring. Um, I did a summer, like for a summer, I worked at a lab, at a physics lab. And then the next summer I did an REU in math. And both of those experiences solidified that I wanted to do math. (laughs) Uh, So my last year, I I dropped physics into a minor and took graduate classes in math. Um, And yeah, I just very, very excited to continue to do math. Yeah. What like stood out that made math more, more appealing? Uh, I would have to say part of it is being good at it. I, it's very, very difficult for me to, to enthusiastically like something that I'm not good at. Um, and my parents growing up, they're, they're both teachers and they saw in their students that their students were not so great usually at public speaking or at math. So like from a very young age, they like drilled that into me. Like even when I, like, as soon as I was able to talk for myself, like they were like, don't ask me, ask my kid, you know, and like, and they would buy me all these math video games and all this stuff. So, so a lot of that I attribute to being good at math and it's just enjoyable. It's funny because part of why I liked math when I was younger was that there was a right answer. And I'm just realizing the irony of that, or maybe it's not irony, but the, how funny that is now that like, I'm trying to parse through, there's multiple correct, there's possibly multiple correct answers and like, yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Where did you do your REU? Um, I did it at Purdue University with Edric, Dr. Edric Goins. Um, he's still doing REUs, but he's not at Purdue. I think he's at Pomona or P- Panoma. I don't remember. How oh, in California? It. Yeah. And um, he's absolutely incredible. I would highly, highly, highly recommend people apply to his uh, thing. He was an incredible mentor and still is just a great, wonderful person, but yeah, it was so much fun. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> it was so much work. It was like grueling work, but I did not want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, were you involved with like other extracurriculars or things like outside research? Yeah. So in undergrad, I was in the marching band, the basketball band, concert band, um, I also did a lot of volunteering and both of those things, like being in the band and volunteering helped me to find friends in like other majors, which I think is nice. I think it's nice to have like a balance of friends thinking about different things. Um, I also traveled abroad to Hong Kong for a semester in undergrad. And that was amazing. That also helped me realize how much I, I missed math. That was the first semester in my life that I was not taking math class. 
and I missed it a lot. Um, here at MSU, uh, I was the president of AWM, which is the Associ- Association for Women in Mathematics, my first two years. And those were also the first two years that AWM was like actually up and running. So that was exciting. Um, I identify as pansexual. And so I joined this thing called Spectra and then it's colon, the Association for LGBT Mathematicians. Um, So shout out to them. They're excellent. Uh, They have an online conference coming up. I'm excited to go to that. I think that's my, that's my first event I'm going to with them. Uh, here at grad school, I also really enjoy doing service events in the community to like encourage young people to find math and other sciences fun. Like even if they don't want to be mathematician or scientist, like just letting them know that they could mm-hmm. is sort of exciting to me. I also do a lot of panels where I encourage grad- undergrads to consider grad school, um, especially since like people, uh, I mean myself included, a lot of people did not do not know that grad school is not only free, but like you get paid to go to it, at least for math. I I guess I can't speak for other grad programs, but you can at least look into it. I totally thought I was going to have to pay for grad school. I thought I was going to go into debt and all this stuff. Um, And more information on my website. If people want to see, I have like a whole lot of stuff written up about math grad school. Um, And then uh, I've also been involved in the graduate uh, student union which I suggest everyone at MSU sign up for as we're going to go into a bargaining year. And the more people that are part of the union, the more sway the union has so they can get us a better contract. But yeah, that's, that's basically my involvement. So definitely not busy all of the time <laughs> is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am trying to learn how to, how to limit and uh, restrict and protect my time, but. Yeah. yeah. What, um, I mean, what instrument do you play? Oh, instrument? tuba. Tuba. Mm-hmm. Very so nice. Yeah. Did you, um, did you ever, I just, I don't know. Do you ever try to make like a mathematical model of like, was it Gabriel's horn or trumpet or something like that? No, I haven't. Is that, is that supposed to be like an interesting math question or? Um, I just remember there's like, it's like Daniel's trumpet or Gabriel's horn or something like that, where it's like, you can do the math of, it has finite volume, but like an infinite surface area or something inside of it. Oh. And so then that's like kind of weird. Cause then it's like, if you fill up the, the horn all the way with like paint or something, it's like, you can fill it all the way up, but you can't cover the entire inside. I just remember wow, that from like cool. from like one of my intro calc classes or something like that. And you're like, math is a lie. What is this? <laughs> I'll have to look it up. That's so cool. I, I do love um, what are those called? Paradoxes. Yeah. That's not a paradox, but it sounds like one. Yeah, it's you know, because at some point you have like an infinity in there, and so then you're dividing by like infinity somewhere. I think. Oh yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> um and what was your Hong Kong experience like? It was a lot of fun. I, I went in 2016. So things were a lot different there than they are now. Um, it was so much fun. I really tried to learn Cantonese, but I'm so bad at learning languages. I really tried though. 
got to travel a lot and see a lot of really amazing things. Yeah, it was beautiful. Love the food. Oh my God. Food was so good and so cheap. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You had mentioned um, like to try to meet people or be friends with people outside of math, or at least when you're undergrad. Does that Mm -hmm. hold true in graduate school? I'm trying to. It's just hard. And especially with the pandemic these last two years. I mean, not that it stopped, but like quarantining and stuff. Um, Yeah, I find it's hard because we're all sort of in our own little bubbles. And yeah, but I have one friend who you also interviewed, Andreas. He like knows everybody. Yes. I just always (laughs) make sure to go to his parties and like meet other people there from all kinds of different departments and stuff. I agree. It seems like everyone I ever talked to, even like, oh, I I have no connection to this person. Oh, nope. They know him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows Andrea. <laughs> Very nice. So are you like interested in staying in academia like forever mm-hmm. and ever or? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. That means Very- I'd have to get a postdoc, probably another postdoc, maybe a third postdoc. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, hopefully get tenure somewhere. But yeah. Yeah. One step at a time, I guess. <laughs> how would have since you've been involved with so many different things, how have you sort of like managed time and stress and all of those things? Yes, I think that's a great question. And I had a lot of trial and error with this. I would definitely say like boundaries, like making boundaries for yourself is like so important. That's like huge advice to give to anybody. Um, I'm sure it's great in all areas of life, but I am not in a position to give advice on that. <laughs> um, still setting up boundaries in other places in my life, but, but in, uh, in my work life, I feel like I have really good boundaries. Like I found out that like after somewhere around 7 PM and after 7 PM, I am not good at math, at least not like higher level, like research math. So I forced myself to stop working around 6 PM. Um, I mean, everybody's different. So you just have to figure out what works for you. But I find that that is like multifaceted and it's benefits towards me. So one of which is I can't just keep putting stuff off because I'm, I'm stopping work at 6 PM. So I only have until 6 PM to do work. So like that helps me get up early, get stuff done during the day and not just like watch TV all day and say, Oh, I can do work later. I can do work later. Um, and also I, I am, I force myself to take a day off. Some weeks it's easier to take a day off, but um, so so it used to be Saturdays. I think I'm switching over to Sundays now. It makes most sense to me to take them off, but like not allowed to do work on Saturdays. Um, and that just helps so much because when I'm well-rested, not just like with sleep, but like in my mind um, and like switch math off for like about a day or so I found I find that I'm so much more productive when I start again um yeah so yeah setting up little boundaries like that for yourself or or saying no <laughs> I know from like my list of stuff it sounds like I don't say no but um uh, I say no to a lot of stuff a lot of stuff even to myself when I'm like oh should I apply for that and I'm like no <laughs> Should I apply for that position? No. 
What is it about math that you really enjoy? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's so beautiful uh, and just so diverse. Like, and I truly do believe that like anyone anywhere, uh, like, like there's, there's this one mathematician who has like the axioms of math or something on his website. And one of them is like that all populations, all that math potential is distributed evenly among all populations and all groups or something like that. And I really do believe that, that like anyone can have the potential to be amazing at math. Like, like it's not about where you were born or how you were born and like all these different things. And I think I just really like that about math. And I'm sure that's true about a lot of other things, but like language doesn't even really need to get into people's ways. I know it's a lot easier to get published and stuff if you write your stuff in English, but yeah, I don't know. Sort of like that Mean Girls quote that it's the same in every country, math. And also, I just think it's so pretty and so beautiful and it really is a collaborative um, field, which I think is funny because I think most people don't see it that way, myself included. In the past, I always thought it was like just like one person sitting at their desk, like not talking to anyone for years and years. And then they come out with this amazing theorem. But now you like constantly talking to people, collaborating, working on different projects, different people. Yeah. What's like uh, your your favorite number or function or something like that? Well, my favorite number was decided when I was little, um, actually on Neopets. Um, I decided on 538 as my favorite number. And I just stuck with that. Okay. Because of the electoral college? <laughs> what? Because of the electoral college? Electoral college? Oh my gosh, is that how many are in the electoral college? Yeah. 538? I yes. did not know that. <laughs> no, it's just the name that I wanted was taken, but the name that I wanted with 538 at the end was like was what I ended up choosing. Oh. And so then I just picked that as my favorite color. Favorite number? Uh number, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an even crazier favorite number. Oh my gosh. Favorite a favorite color. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting hex code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. What if it is my favorite color, which is red? That'd be so funny. I don't know. Very nice. Well, so maybe like wrapping things up a little bit here, I like to ask people if you if they have any tips of wisdom or advice that you would give either undergrads thinking about going to grad school or like first year grad students adapting to that lifestyle. Um, yeah. Uh, so definitely the boundaries I think is good. Um, very helpful. Um, I often, I'm a strong believer that like everybody should probably see a therapist every once in a while, just get like a third perspective as long as your insurance pays for it and everything. But, um, but I think the biggest one that I have that really does apply to, to undergrad and grad, and I'm not sure if this is like a thing everywhere it might not even be a thing everywhere in math like maybe it's a northeast math thing like I don't know how niche this is but um in my experience a lot of people will like nod in class like 
like furiously not in class. <laughs> and, and to me, that always like meant that they completely understood what was happening in class, which was like very disheartening to me because I often was barely holding on like what was happening in class. Um, well, it turns out, at least from my experience, they often do not actually know what's going on. They're just nodding out of habit or out of nervousness, or they're worried everybody else thinks knows, knows what's going on. Um, uh, I finally like asked somebody, I was like, it's like, oh, like you look like you understood everything that happened in class. Like, can you help me understand this thing? And they were like, oh no, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> and so, so this like, and so I was like, oh, well, that's just like a fluke, you know? And like, so then I, I've more and more people I found, like they just nod out of habit or, or they're nervous or something. I mean, I'm sure there's people who understand it and are nodding mm -hmm. because they understand it. But um, I think it feeds into this whole like imposter syndrome discussion of like, um, and, and I'm sure you can look up a lot about that and find your own advice that would be more helpful than mine. But I... I always try to like, make sure I don't beat up myself too much. Cause like, at least for me, like, I like, you're the only person who knows everything about yourself. Right. Like, and so, so saying this from my perspective, like I know everything about myself. So I know the worst parts of myself and people often project the best parts of themselves. So I'm comparing the worst parts of myself to the best parts of themselves. So it, of course, it's going to look like I'm terrible and I'm nothing and I'm worthless or, you know, blah, 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 like all these, you could spiral into all these things. Um, but yeah, so I just often suggest that people give themselves grace and just understand that it's a learning process and you're not going to know everything right away, especially in grad school. Grad school is going to be way hard. Um, but I encourage people to work together, you know, um, like in reality, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And like, I think we should come together to try to work together to uplift everybody, right? Like you're good at this thing and I'm good at this thing. And like, we can work together and help each other out. Um, yeah. Grad school. I, I would have had a much worse time in grad school if I did not collaborate with a lot of people and study with a lot of people and learn from them. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing. It was really fun talking with you. Yeah, it was nice talking to you too.